0: You are listening to the iFanboy Pickle League Podcast, episode 297, brought to you by Bad Girls Club and iFanboy listeners like you. On Pick a Week Podcast, episode 297. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hi, Connor. And Josh Flanagan.
1: Hello, Connor and Ron.
0: We are FMWay.com. We like comics. We read comics. Every week, we read a big stack of comics that never seems to get smaller. It just gets bigger. And one of us picks the best one, writes about it on the website, talks about it on the web podcast and other books of the week, the topics of just all kinds of fun things, voicemails, emails. User reviews, we bring you into the show, all kinds of things. Before we get to the show, quick reminder, warnings, review show, we'll be talking about the books, the spoilers will be happening, especially this week, there's some big spoilers, so if you haven't read the books yet, pause them, we'll come back, and we'll all be happy, and stay tuned, if you're the kind of person that checks out the show early, stay tuned to the end, because we got a big announcement about the new iFanboy.com. What the? Which What, what, what? going to be all about porn. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned to <laughs> the end for this, all the news about that. You gotta go where the eyeballs are, people. This week, Josh A. Flanagan had to pick.
1: Yeah. It doesn't sound right if you don't say my full name and then put the initial in. But that's, that's neither here nor there. Uh, pick this week was uh, Detective Comics number 881. I had a, a slew of books that I gave five stars to. I was a bunch of books that I was like, that's very, very good. I had a couple of books that uh, sort of made me feel emotional. But at the end of the day, um, I went with Detective Comics number 881 because this to me has been sort of, sort of the best – uh, ongoing kind of uh, superhero story uh in comics from sort of the past year. And I, I I realized as I was listening to this that, you know, Detective Comics is one of those one of those titles that when when there's a really good arc on it, it's one of those things that I, I've always really gravitated to. And much more than, than over in like the Batman title. I can't think of a Batman run that I was Which really is, a big fan it's of It's
0: funny because Detective is the flagship <laughs> book of DC—it's the name of yes. the company. Yet, Batman is the top seller because the name of Batman is in the title. So
1: right. No matter how is... good
0: Batman is, or how bad it is, how good Detective is, how bad it is, Batman always outsells Detective because of the name of the title. But Detective is the flagship, so I can see why you, as a student of the game, why you would gravitate towards this book when it's good.
1: Yeah, and 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 you know this really uh, a year ago. <clears throat> We found out that uh, Scott Snyder would be on the book and that he would be bringing on artists Jock and Francesco Francavilla, And they, they were, it was going to be a, a main story and then a B story. And it got flipped up. And they said, oh, we're just going to combine them and put them together. And that could have, that could have failed miserably, by the way. Uh, and it, it really, it really didn't. So what we got was 11 issues. I think it was probably truncated just a little bit. I'm not exactly sure. But who does 11 issue arcs? That's weird. Uh, this last one, 881, was a, a little oversized. It cost a buck more. And, um, You know, from the beginning, the very first issue that came out, I I was I was like, "Ooh, this is this is something really good." You have a writer who, uh, if you saw our video show, like Scott was, he's into this. Like he loves Batman and Gotham City. He loves Dick Grayson, who was his Batman in this story, and 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 he was just all in. And as you read this this last issue, you got a sense of one complete story where. Beats had been worked out, and it had been intricately plotted, and and all the characterizations were spot on. And he was going for a tone that was that was consistent the whole way through. And it was actually at the end, I was like, "Well, this is really dark and creepy, uh, uh, more oh, so than than most than most uh, Batman stories are." And uh, you know, if anything, it does take a certain kind of reader to want that because it was a very adult story, and it was very, <clears throat> it was very uh, impingent on you, sort of knowing the universe, which isn't to say that you needed to know a bunch of stuff before you read it. But if you did, if you had, if you'd known the history, if you know the characters, you spent time reading about Dick Grayson and, and Barbara Gordon and Jim Gordon, and you'd read The Killing Joke and you'd read Batman Year One, then all of the, and you'd read, uh, what's the, uh, Death in the Family. Like there were, this touched on all of those big stories from Batman's past in a very satisfying way. Again, not necessary, but if you had, I think it really added something to it. It was very respectful to... Uh, it, the and and sort of you know um, uh, tribute to the past of this book and uh a, as I got to this, the thing that 's impressive is in a lot of comics it 's very easy to impress you at the beginning and even sometimes in the middle, but then uh, you know it 's hard to write an ending uh, and 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 we 've seen a not lot just of times. comics I think in general uh, yeah absolutely yeah no i 'm not i 'm not even specifying but an ending is hard, and this was I thought a very good ending it was very appropriate uh it 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 did close everything up and left sort of a little cliffhanger at the end, but no more of a cliffhanger than you would get at the end of like a movie where they're just like, dun-dun, something else. Um, But at the same time, like you could just read this all on its own and stop, and and you'd be totally fine. But at the same time, because the title is ending, this is the last Detective-ish comics of this volume, of this run, which is the second longest-running comic in America. Uh, I mean, uh, what's the over-under on how long before they go back to the normal numbering? three four years what do you think doesn't matter um and it, it being as this is the end of it and in the, the next month all of the new number ones the relaunch is starting the new paradigm whatever that might be there was a sense of urgency and a sense of anything could happen in this like at, is, the, at the same
0: time though though he, he said and we talked just scott sider about this is that like crisis on infinite earths when they rebooted the DCU and the Batman story continued unabated with very minor mm-hmm. cosmetic changes. That's what's yeah. happening in the Batman universe. This is, story is continuing. So it's just going to continue over in Batman where, where Scott Snyder's writing. There. Totally. I mean, James, James Gordon is still going to, I mean, Jim Gordon, was it James Gordon? He's going to still be the bad yeah. guy.
1: Yeah, um. but at the same time, like, uh, I know that Barbara Gordon is in a completely different situation going forward, so I thought, well, how's this going to, you know, are they going sure. to, something going to happen to her? Like, there was a sense of, I don't know what's going to happen in the other books, even if it's the same story, like, Anything could happen. It's, even if it's continuing this, there was a sense of, I don't, I, you know, I, I just yeah, don't absolutely. know. Especially I, when I, you w-
0: pull the, the blanket back and Barbara has two knives stuck in her her, her, um, her, her legs
1: and, uh, you know, you, you, she could die. And it, yes. it starts over, number one. I mean, she could. And you know that she's going to be walking again soon. So I was like, I don't know how we're going to get to this. And, um, one of the one of the things that i've seen it could be a, a criticism i guess is this is a lot of this is the villain explaining his master plan uh but it was done in such a way that it didn't bother me. Uh, it showed what he was doing when they do it. wasn't just a guy standing around explaining it, and it was all stuff that we'd seen the seeds laid for in, in the in all the previous issues, uh, just the little bits uh, of what what had been going on and and when uh, Dick was in that that weird auction place with all the masks uh, that was vaguely reminiscent of that uh, of Eyes Wide Shut and <laughs> what well, without yep. the fucking um, and, and even but even in the scenes where it was talking heads, there was a lot of. Uh, James and, and Barbara in a room, and I was just, I was just noting. I was like, "Boy, if you're going to do a scene with Talking Heads, this is the way to do it." Uh, Francesco Francovia really, like he made those pages work really well uh, in a way that I, I don't actually see that often. And um, I just, you know, the whole thing was colored in in a, a similar palette, and it switched between Jock and uh, Francesco. And I, I just, I had uh, it was very tense, and it was very exciting, and it was it was a good culmination, and we had you know, some action scenes in the beginning and the end, and I, uh, it, you know, James, James Gordon is not a super-powered villain. You know, the, 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 was the sort of tease of this was that the real big bad was going to be the Joker, but he wasn't. And so this is just a guy, uh, very much like Batman, actually, who's, who's, who's quite bad.
0: Here's the thing, though. If I get st- stabbed in the eye, I stop monologuing. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: immediately, and, and, just and, immediately. Just immediately. I don't even, I don't even <laughs> if I'm in the middle of a sentence or even a word, I just forget my place, and I immediately want to find a hospital. But not (laughs) James Gordon; he He, keeps going. He's motivated. That's That's (laughs) that's why he's he's at the top, and I'm not. That's that's
1: actually that's the moment, though, where you're like, "Oh, this," you know, because at first you think, "Oh, Barbara's going to have her moment in the sun." And I thought this was very this is very risky because you do have a situation where you've got a girl, and she's she's in her wheelchair, and she's under duress, and Batman's going to come save her. But she really had her moment, you know, where she she got to show her strength and that she didn't necessarily need somebody to come save her, uh, which I really liked. But at the same time, she stabs James in the eye, and you're like, well, that's it. And then the next page is like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. And you go, oh, he's he, ooh, he's, ugh, he's a scary dude. You know, yeah, so he the story of really, this
0: issue is James, as we saw in the last issue, he attacked his mother. And this issue he, he has kidnapped Barbara. Uh, Jim Gordon, the commissioner, and Batman are, are looking for her. But m- meanwhile, he's having his conversation with the stepsister. And uh, he stabbed her in both femoral arteries, and if she removes the knives. she'll bleed out, which she does one of them to stab him in the face when he gets too close. And, uh, then, and then it sort of wraps up with a very fascinating ending, which I loved.
2: I, yeah, I, I thought you would like that. I actually, I actually picked this up because I knew this was going to be a, a book that you guys were going to be raving about and had no clue what was going on. But um, I enjoyed the last scene quite a bit actually as well
0: <laughs> the whole the whole big the whole big maniacal plot that gordon had put into place was he he had he'd been on this antipsychosis medication that kept his um uh, he's not a psychopath he's a uh, sociopath his tendencies at bay so he reversed the formula this is comics let's not get but too he's a psychopath the don't, don't question it yeah so he reversed the formula and he put it in baby powder or did he so, so the, the question is, in 20 years, is Gotham City going to be a city of psychopaths because he and, has poisoned all the baby formula in Gotham City? And we don't and, know. And, and will anyone notice? Right. And mm. that's the cliffhanger. That's, I, I thought it was a great sort of way to end because yeah. that is Gotham City, isn't
1: it? I mean, everyone's kind of yes. nuts. And you can't – this isn't like a cliffhanger it's going to follow up on. No, but it's great. Yeah. Like I, if you imagine like 25 years and somebody picks that up. That, like, that chilling shot of the baby at the end. <laughs> what That reminded me of something, and I can't think of what it is. Yeah. Uh, something, something else with a baby or – I don't know. Um, I think uh, what I was, one of the other things that James – I thought it was just a really nice portrayal of, of what a psychopath is, uh, which is you know feels no empathy, no remorse, but he also really enjoys – a psychopath learning. or a sociopath? As far as I understand no, it – I don't uh, know
2: what the difference is, So.
1: I don't know if there is a difference. I know that a, a psychopath is a person who feels no empathy for other people and therefore, you know, will do violence and all sorts of things. So he's he's definitely got all those traits as I understand them. Yeah, uh, I'm no I'm no psychiatrist. He's fucked up. Yeah. That, that, yeah. I think that sums it up. That's my clinical. Did you, diagnosis.
0: He,
1: did you see what he did to his mom? Yeah, fucked up. Yeah. Uh, just great art all throughout this, you know. Jocks, one of you know, if not my favorite artist, definitely one of. Uh, and and uh, the whole time, you just see what he did right. And Francesco Francovia really stepped up in in his parts in this. And, and overall, stepped just up. Great it, t-
2: this. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm reading Francavilla over in Black Panther, and this was on like the, the Francavilla is awesome. He's yeah. Great. absolutely yeah, like this. Also, one of the nicest men. Yeah, that. so nice in San Diego. It was so great to and, meet him. But but no, his. I mean, looking at the Black Panther issue that came out this week, and looking at his art in this week uh, in Detective Comics, it's like he's somebody to watch out for. He's, he's been awesome. doing a ton
0: of covers, like yeah. Dynamite. Um, he's he's fantastic. And he also hand letters his stuff where he's yeah. doing. When he does the covers, he's crazy. But Josh, I was re- really Shocked. concerned for you this week because you had three high profile books with three high profile sort of endings. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so I was very interested to see
2: why Hellboy: The Fury number three wasn't the pick of the week. Well, before Josh explains, Connor, I mean, I don't know if you saw the memo, but you know Hickman's check bounced, Scott Snyder's check cleared. Uh, so there you please. go. So yeah. That's why. So I, yeah, yeah. for
1: Scott Snyder. Yeah, yeah. And five in the last year, I checked. So he's he's doing pretty good. He's <laughs> yeah. he's he's at about ten percent of our our pick of the weeks in the last twelve month period, Jeez. and I think Hickman's. Hickman's up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, So it's, it's a bidding you
2: know, war, people. Basically, well, you don't know behind I, the scenes in the boiler room at I Fanboy HQ. It's, it's. I got Snyder for twenty. I know I got a Hickman for twenty-five. Yeah. <laughs> I think that but uh, Mignola came in and didn't bid enough.
1: Detective, detective, uh, was sort of one part of something. It was an ending, and it was really satisfying of something that I could sort of wrap my mind around. Whereas, whereas Hellboy. Uh, yeah, Hellboy has been good for a very, very long time, and so it was a different kind of, is a very slow and long drawn out ending. So it wasn't quite as punchy, um, but which isn't to say it wasn't uh, a very good comic book. It was a five star comic book. This is basically what Hellboy. If you haven't read this, uh, this you know we warned you about the spoilers, but seriously, um, huge fight with a dragon the whole time. This is the thing that we've been talking about forever. The world is gonna is gonna end Ragnarok. and. and and hellboy or Anangan rama with the dragon yeah because did he jump at him with a giant
0: axe that would have solved the problem <laughs>
1: he, no <laughs> he did this is actually my favorite panel in the whole thing uh, at one point he, he has a he has a sword and the dragon comes at him and he and he stabs it and the sound effect on the page is stab, stab. yeah Oh, so I, good. I, I
2: picked this up as well. This is the week that I read books I don't normally read and have no clue <laughs> yeah. what's going on. Um, but I could, this was great because it was just all action. Duncan yeah. Fregredo. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You're not kidding. Um, Duncan Fregredo
1: and Dave Stewart.
2: Yeah. Well, know. yeah. Well, I expect that from Dave Stewart. And Duncan Fregredo I know of. But like, I was like, it was, wow. But uh, was, So the sword that he said, was that Excalibur? Or? I, I, I thought as he far had Excalibur. As
1: like, yeah, he did. But he left it on Earth and it had something. I, it's, is he not it's, on Earth in this comic? He's sort of in a different dimension, I think, oh, which so is why really when you see there. when you see around him, uh, there's there's sort of fire everywhere. And then they keep cutting back to shots of Earth where there's lots of lightning going down.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, so it's like on a slightly different plane, I believe. And I, he left Excalibur to these people where his girlfriend was, you know, back in England. It was a whole I, I, I couldn't even. It's a, thing. It. it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing that I, I don't completely understand. Um, but I get it, you know what I mean. Like I know the overall effect of it, and basically at the end of this, you think, oh, he's beating the dragon, everything's fine, and then oh no, he gets his heart ripped out, and, and he's, and I just, I love his reaction, son of a, like it's just, it was so spot on with what he would do. Crap, yeah. Now I'm dead, and they they toss his heart, and it's a very quiet moment, it's a very somber moment, and then at the end, and he falls says, apart, he turns into stone and falls apart, right? Yeah, or he yeah, go, yeah reduced to ash or something like yeah. that. Uh, and at the end, you know, coming in 2012, Hellboy in Hell. So he's, so he's dead, but not dead dead. Well, right. We're not done with Hellboy. He's uh, dead the same way Wolverine was dead
0: in Hell last year.
1: Yeah. So I, I knew this was going to happen. And I will say when they ripped his heart out, like, I, I was – I got some chills. I was like, oh. Like, it was really sad because – I think in order to do the story well going forward, you can't have him necessarily come back. He's going to have to be Ben Kenobi now. Yeah, and that, that was the, that's
2: the buzz that I've heard is that he's going to yeah. come back as a ghost.
1: Yeah, because I don't uh. think you can bring his body back and just have him go back to normal, which means that this era of Hellboy as it exists is over. This is an epoch. This is an end. That's, I mean, that, that's a big deal. These it's are comics that – 20 years, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, they're, they're, it's like a constant. You can, you can count on Hellboy you know when hellboy's in a comic book, he's he's going to be that guy and now it's different yeah um so, so that's that's kind of sad uh now over at the over in BPRD Hell on Earth monsters number 2 this is taking place concurrently with the hellboy story because they cut into like hey london's uh, on uh, being zapped by electricity a lot and there's a huge natural disaster there and uh i didn't know what was going to happen in this issue I had no idea what was going to happen in this issue, and this is one of the first things I read. And I get to the end, and and Abe dies. And I swear to God, I shed a tear. I was no like, shit, Abe, di- Abe died. Abe died. I was I didn't see it coming. I didn't know. I love Abe. I think I love Abe more than Hellboy. I like Hellboy a lot. He's a good guy. You want to hang out with him, but like Abe, Abe's my man. Wow. And I was like, I just didn't see it come because, and no one did because they treated it like, oh, he's hurt. He's going to go in the tank. He'll come out. He'll be fine. And they're like, whoop, he's gone. And, and it isn't like you know when somebody dies in a Marvel comic book you go oh he's dead whatever you know but in this I don't know and, and it totally surprised me and there's this whole sort of story where Liz is in a trailer park with a bunch of people in a weird cult and she's fighting them all off and she's a badass and it's, it's fun like that but uh, then at the end they just stick you in the face by, by killing Abe in the tank and I was like oh it was too much it was wow, too many things for you it was rough. Well, I was man. I was shocked at how like it emotionally affected me, and I really I was I was I like that. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, are either you guys reading Read Gunther? It's on nope. my stack. I haven't I haven't got I actually read it, but it's on my stack to read. It is promoted as an all ages book, but it really is, it, you know it, it is an all ages book. It's just not a kids book necessarily. Uh, you can sort of read it to everybody. There were a couple things in some of the issues that were. I would say a little, not for necessarily little little kids. Uh, basically, it's this guy in the west, and his best friend is a bear, and they, the you know, the bear and him love each other, and they they not like that. Uh and they they go on adventures, and they get mixed up in stuff, and it's all sorts of fighting. It's a it's a lot of fun. This book it's done in an animated cartoony style, and uh, it's 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 really whimsical, but really well done with a lot of craft, and uh, it's one of those things that. I think if people check it out, they'll really like it. But I think people won't check it out. They'll have it on their stack, for example. Yeah. Um, but I've I've really enjoyed it, and each issue I've had, this is like a lot of times you'll try something new, and the first one will be like, oh, it's really good, and then if a couple issues in, you start to sort of lose steam with it. This has been the other. It's been the opposite. It's actually been more fun each time. Uh, it's it's very sort of wacky.
2: Yeah, I've heard a lot of positive things about it, which makes me want to. Oh.
1: I, might, I might move it up on the stack to read it this weekend. Um, the got- bear the bear the bear Reed Gunther relationship is a lot of fun like it's very sort of like the the bear can't talk to him but he he's, you can tell he's rolling his eyes a lot at the stupid humans oh, I'm a, and he's a big smart bear so yeah. I,
2: we, I forgot we forgot to mention at the top of the show our new format where we just t- uh, Josh tells us about the comics he read all week
1: yeah yeah Josh Josh, so, so Josh what's next it's the uh, it's the opposite of the normal format <laughs> So,
2: uh, Cloak and Dagger number one, uh, the, the three issue mini series that ties into Spider Island. Did either of you pick this up or?
0: No, too many books. Oh, fair I'm, enough. Which, I've been cutting, cutting,
2: cutting. Which is which is fair. And normally my my motto or my um, what I do motto, but my approach to these big events and things like that is I I don't buy into the mini series. I just buy the the core. But like, so Spider Island's happening in Spider Man. I'll buy Amazing Spider Man, but I'm not buying into the mini series. But what swayed me is the combination of Cloak and Dagger, which are you know, D-list Marvel characters. I can't you know. stand Cloak and Dagger. All right. Fair enough. Um, but uh, Emma Rios on, on art. She's nice. good. Yeah, which was, the, which was the, the thing that did it for me. And Nick Spencer wrote it. And I got to admit, it was really good. It was really
1: quite good. I'm glad, I'm glad you didn't say this is the worst comic you've ever read.
2: No, no, and, and and that's the thing. And that's the thing. Well, first off, Emma Rios art. I mean, you might. I mean, if you're not familiar with Emma Rios, she had a stint on Runaways. That was great. Um, she did some Firestar. She's done. She's done stuff here. Oh, and there. Right, 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 she right. did. Uh, she's, she's very good. Yeah, she's yes. very very good. This this uh, style was way more um, sketchy, alternative, almost like Paul Popey in point in points. Um, don't like that. Well, no. It was actually it was really good. It sounds sounds appropriate. Yeah, Um, a big two page spreads with multiple like they recap Cloak and Dagger's origin from the get go and visually told it very very well. Um, And and the thing about Nick's writing is that you know ostensibly there these are you know like uh, they're still young they're still supposed to be like the uh, daggers a, a late teenager and I think cloak is like maybe in his early 20s and the thing when I when we discovered Nick Spencer I discovered I'm a forgetless and that was like a youth based you know kind of youth culture based book and you know this is in New York City And he does this uh, device where they've got black and white narration boxes And it's um, narration from both Cloak and Dagger's perspective And while they're a team and they're thinking the same thing They're thinking about it from slightly different points of view And it really balanced the two characters really well And this, like, I was like, damn, I'm kind of upset this is a miniseries Because it could be a pretty good ongoing Um, But yeah, so I was was gladly impressed by it
1: Uh, We're going to talk about how Steve Dillon is good at drawing The Punisher now, I guess yeah.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's a given. But this is this is the issue that wraps up the the Punisher's origin story, I guess, the flashback to his origin. We learn – this is the issue we learn what he told his wife before his wife was shot in yeah. the park, before his kids were shot in the park and how the Punisher came to be. And it was um,
2: appropriately messed up. Well, the, the big question was, is it going to deliver? I thought it did. Did you? I, I totally thought it delivered. Yeah. Totally thought it delivered at every point. I mean, it
0: and was – in this issue, we, we learn uh, there's two things going on. There's a flashback in the current story. In the current story, Punisher's in prison. Somebody's thrown a grenade into his cell. And everything's about to blow up, not even just literally but, but figuratively as well. And then he's flashing back to when he finally told his wife something in the park right before she got shot. And so that's what we have going on here. And- but,
2: but what was great about this is what I, what I like about what Jensen Aaron's done with this <laughs> is that even though it's Punisher and even though he's telling a story that's been told how many times before?
1: Any, you know, many, many times before. Garth Ennis told it like three times alone.
2: Right, and, and once with Steve Dillon. Um, and, <laughs> and the thing is is that he continues to surprise me. Like that's what – like I, I feel on the edge of my seat while reading this book every time and not knowing what's coming next. And the, 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 the pain, the emotional pain of the opening couple of pages with the picnic with the family – and knowing what was going through Frank's head knowing what he says and then leading up to the present day we're in the prison where he breaks out of his cell and then he gets surrounded by Big Jesus and his guys <laughs> and Frank just goes nuts and kills all Big Jesus' guys and Big Jesus is like Jesus is like whoa slow down no 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 I don't want to kill you and that twist I didn't see coming like, big Jesus. Yeah, he's, he,
0: he's there to break him out to get revenge on Kingpin.
2: Yeah, which was, which was great. Which is oh, so, I mean. Then Frank kills him anyway. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I thought that was an interesting aspect of his character is that he takes the guy's help, but then still kills him, still keeps on the vengeance. And, um, and then it just ends really brutally with, with him showing up at his old family's house.
0: And apparently, he's going to be homeless because the cover of the next issue says, We'll punish for food. Said, we'll punish for opened, ammo. <laughs> he's holding a cup. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm telling you, we're entering the hobo age. We had, <laughs> yeah, we had, a uh, hobo renaissance. <laughs> we had ninjas, robots, pirates, monkeys, zombies, and now this is the hobo epoch of comics. <laughs> but, oh, that would be great! Punisher um, Punisher Max just I love I,
2: these sixteen issues have been so great and Jason Aaron just killed it and, and, and the thing I, that he told his wife wasn't I love
0: you or he, I'm leaving you it's yeah. over I can't do this right? anymore
1: I, I just want to trademark Marvel hobos because I'm gonna I'm gonna publish I'm gonna pitch that <laughs>
2: it's a good idea all versions of Marvel like Marvel zombies oh my Marvel god hobos. <laughs> it's genius <Spindles> <laughs> Marvel hobos <laughs> so but yeah no J- Jason Aaron and Steve Dillon totally knocked it out of the park with this and I I, don't, I literally don't want this book to ever end like this is just wonderful. The Infinity Bindle. Yeah,
1: inf- <laughs> oh, you beat me too. I was scared. ah, I had the Mjolnir Bindle. Bindle. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> the Infinity Bindle.
0: It'd be awesome. This Gosh. is gold. <laughs> why are you talking about this in public? Let's just bleep this whole. I thing. I know.
2: Yeah. Why? Ah. Just give
0: this
1: away. It's like just hand it to Fred I'm Van Lenty. Now, now, I don't know. They'll know. <laughs> I said on the show, they can't take it now. I can sue them. Which is better than actually just doing it. Well, meanwhile, the illustrated episode, Bad
0: Girls Club number 1, his comic stores on August 22nd from IDW. And it's inspired by the hit reality show on Oxygen, Bad Girls Club. This is an illustrated episode that features the bad girls and shows that they can do some good in the world. We're giving, and we're going give to give away four copies of Bad Girls Club number 1 to lucky I Fanboy members. So if you're a member, tune in next week to find out if you've won. We're going to be announcing the names. On the next episode so ch- check in the show next week to find out if you want the, sh- the uh, illustrated episode and check your local listings for season seven of bad girls club on oxygen it's on monday nights at 8, seven at 9 p.m eastern time so check your local listings
1: they like they like to fight
2: <laughs> in heels yeah. um so all, don't all superheroines fight in heels yeah so Pretty much. I, I cannot get enough of criminal the last of the innocent at all it's fucking awesome number three it's amazing and not only that then at the back of it is a fucking Sean Phillips painted pinup of Magnum P.I.? Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, seriously? <That> was, <laughs> it's funny is that that was in uh, Weekly SketchUp like a month ago. Yeah. And I was like, why would he do that?
2: He <laughs> <laughs> <You laughs> loves Tom Selleck. Who doesn't love Tom? So but like, like
1: he's just like I think I'll do a warm-up painting.
2: Yeah. Oh man. And Jay Fervor, uh, I'm not sub- knowing what Jay's got coming up with near death. I'm not surprised he wrote about this. But anyway, but on to the issue. Um, I was glad to see on uh, best of the week of panels that you guys picked my favorite panel, which was the the, the flashback, <laughs> the flashback Archie scenes when Riley. Gets
1: <laughs> I can't even read it because he wrote finger bang in the comic. It
0: was great. Well, one thing, I, you know, we've talked about every issue, and the first one was the pick of the week, but I don't know if we've hit hard enough for the people who haven't been reading this book that this is a fucked up version of Archie. Yes. I mean, there have been Archie flashbacks, but these are the Archie characters in a very dirty world. I mean, Riley Richards is the Archie Andrews of the story, and he just killed <laughs> Veronica, and she has a... Father, Mister Lodge, and there's a girl next door, and there's the the Reggie character's been framed for murder, and there's a moose who's, who's the moose is going to be the cop, and Jughead's the junkie alcoholic best friend. I mean, these are these are the Archie characters. See, done I don't dirt. think I knew that,
1: like originally, oh, like I now understand. I do. Yeah. But I was I was gonna say you know I was like I was lukewarm on this last time I loved this issue. This, I, this issue was, was great. So
2: Riley Richards uh, basically goes through with his plan and he um, he gets his buddy, his best friend who is who is Jughead, uh, Jughead or or what's freak out. Um, who Let's was just refer to
1: them as their names.
2: To- totally sober and um, gets him fucked up and then creates his alibi. And while he's, his friends passed out, he takes his friend's car, drives the city. Ice picks his wife. Ice picks. Ice picks <laughs> Ice pick in the eye to his wife, drives back to the suburbs, has got an alibi, and now that's all happened and this issue is everybody finds out, the cop investigate, they find he has a solid alibi, he is completely getting away with it. And the tension and the pace that Brubaker wrote his thought, uh, Riley's thoughts as this as the issue's going through, and he's like, "Shit, I gotta keep, I gotta, I gotta keep the, I gotta keep constant this, um, keep the appearance, the of it, appearance, of grief that, yeah, it. exactly, of grief and stuff like that." And to hear him thinking about, it, "And oh, I'm getting away with it. I'm closer. I'm not out of the woods yet." But it's just like I was, it was uh, again on the edge of my seat. It was this was a great issue, and you think he's getting away with it, but Mister
0: Lodge yep. suspects something's up with Archie, so he gets Will Wheaton to come in and investigate. Yeah that's <laughs> will wheaton <laughs>
2: yes it is sadly was, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <but> <laughs>
0: so this is this this is by, uh, i love criminal but
1: this this might be the best one
2: this, yeah this is this is really like i don't know how much better they can get after this
1: so. uh, i i could have just as easily written a pick of the week uh, review of scott snyder's other book this week <laughs> jeez uh, you really you really are on the take I don't I don't I don't wanna be at this point Listen, because at this you, point when the payola, payola comes in you gotta spread that shit around. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the, by the way, the payola for uh, comic creators is uh, is not what you would think. <laughs> it's really it's, it's like would you like a trade? <laughs> a hug. Uh, it's a hug, yeah,
2: that's basically what it is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, sometimes those are hard to achieve. You sold your dignity for a hug. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> this this was just Lots of Nazi vampires, and it was fun. And, and I, I will never, ever get tired of looking at Sean Murphy's art. And a bunch of, there was just a, a bunch of like a few silent sequences and panels where, where he got to, you know, shine. And he's drawn this castle. And I just, and I just lot, love the world that's been built here. A lot it's, of
2: swastikas. Well, yeah. A whole lot of swastikas in this yeah. issue. I and was the, like, there's the, another one, there's another one, there's another one.
1: <laughs> and, and all of, because all the tones are this green brown sort of dark color and the only other color in this is the swastika like yeah. armbands and, and blood uh, so they, they you know they really stand out a lot yeah. it's, it's a great color palette by Dave
2: Stewart yeah it's Sean, Sean Murphy's <laughs> art I just love it's fantastic Dave Stewart is amazing um, speaking of art that I love uh, New Mutants number 29 was a Fear Itself tie-in um, but who cares about that because uh, I, it's been too long since I've said this on the show David Lafuente is fucking phenomenal like I heard, a
1: lot of people excited about this. Like art I,
2: I finished this issue and I was like, oh, like I don't know if it's because it's been a while since we saw him on Ultimate Spider-Man or if he went up a notch or the fact that he's drawing like a team book and there are multiple characters and things like that. But I sat, I put this book down, and I was like, that art was, um, it was Connor it was kind of like when he put that burger down at Spotted Pig, you know, like that was amazing. Oh, that was a good burger. Right, I know. Oh, this, fuck, I want to go there. This was a good. This was a good comic book. It, oh. oh, it was so good. Um, and the, the story was great Adnan Lanning wrote a good book again you know I said it's a fear itself tie-in but it's the kind of thing where it, this has little to nothing to do with fear itself they, they well, I mean it does in that uh, Cyclops sends Moonstar to go uh, talk to he, uh, to Hell to talk to Hella because of the Asgardian connection to see if she could help at all and um <laughs> And she Listen, you know
1: Hello, right?
2: <laughs> and, um, and then the rest of the New Mutants want to go help her. And so Cypher tries uh, – uh, Magic gives Cypher a spell to teleportation spell, but um, he reads it wrong. And instead of going to hell with one L, they go to hell with two Ls, and it ends with them right in front of Mephisto, which is always fun. Um, but,
1: this is the problem with your underworld confusions.
2: Yeah, exactly. But uh, La Fuente just knocked it out of the park. I mean, amazing, really good. So,
0: Loved That's it. Fantastic. Yeah. Now, we, we, we've we mentioned at least one DC Retroactive book a week. Yep. And this is DC Retroactive, the 80s, Justice League of America. And one thing that I found reading this week's book, this is the first week we've had the 80s, I believe, right? Last week was 70s? Possibly.
2: The no, part. last week was the 80s. The Flash was the 80s. Last no. week. You're right. You're
0: yep. right. You're right. Yep. I think what's lacking in the 80s, which the 70s had in spades, is kind of a wacky sensibility. Yep. In that the 80s was trying to be serious, but they were still not quite there into the modern age of, of storytelling yet. So it was, you get this weird sort of in-between. It's the whereas, Bronze Age. Right. And the mm-hmm. Bronze Age was a weird in-between age, where the not it was not the, not quite the Silver Age, not quite the modern age. It was elements of both and they didn't really mix well. Um This was alright.
1: It was alright. Um I re- I really thought you were gonna I saw it on there and I thought Connor's gonna tell me what was great about that. Well, I mean it was i mean it was written by was hardly any vibe. Yeah, I mean it was written by
2: Jerry Conway. Knew that-
1: Vibe was the way it was going to go, one way or another, with you guys.
2: Um, It was, you know, yeah. I mean, this is the classic Justice League Detroit team. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, you know, Aquaman, uh, Steel, Citizen Steel, Zatanna, Vibe, Gypsy, Vixen, Elongated Man, Martian Manhunter. um, You know, written by Jerry Conway, who's great, and the art by Ron Randall. Um, Again, modern coloring. The it, art, the yeah. color's been ruining this book. The color's totally been ruining this book. The, the the art I can understand, at least you know it's being drawn now, so they could do a little bit of throwback y and understand. But they could've they could've really done more with the production and the and the colouring to make it even more retro y. But um but the thing that kind of made me groan a little was did you did you catch the, the end, Connor?
0: Um there so, was a reference to something wasn't there? Well no,
2: the whole the whole premise of the book was that the you know the Justice League now is in Detroit and they're trying to be part of the community and so they open up their headquarters Oh, to, I, see. Yeah,
0: I see. Yeah, they yeah, see.
2: they open up their headquarters to a field trip to some local school kids and at the same time who's Felix Faust is that the villain? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Felix Faust uh, attacks and blows up their headquarters. And the kids are just kind of snotty. And throughout the whole thing, the kids are like, you're not the good Justice League. Where's Superman? Where's Batman? And there's one little kid in a Superman shirt is like, stop it. They're the Justice League. They're great. And he's really optimistic. And actually, the kid actually gets involved in the in the fight and helps them towards the end. And the Justice League keeps making comments like, oh, that's a good kid. And, you know, he's really nice. And, and at the very end, they said, you know, the kid with the, super, with the Superman t shirt, they're like, what is, K Kid, what's your name? And he goes, uh, Jeff. And it's spelled G E O F F. And it's in Detroit, Michigan.
1: And that's, that's fair.
2: Yeah. And he says, how could everyone, how could anyone ever give up on you? You're the Justice League. So they put Jeff Johns as a kid in the comic. Jeff would
1: have done that.
2: I know that's the thing. It's totally true. I
1: mean, uh, you're telling me I'm like, yeah, (laughs) they got the characterization right. (laughs) Was he? he He's eating cereal. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. he's had a box of cereal and a Slurpee. Combos and a Slurpee. (laughs) So
0: anyway, but yeah, but it was fun, but it wasn't as good as I hoped it would be. I'm looking really looking forward to the '90s. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, Batgirl 24 was the final issue of this this series, the final Brian K. Miller issue. And uh, we talked to Brian K. Miller in... Q. In Q. Miller in... Sorry, now I'm... Brian K. Vaughn. Um, now that he's back, he's infecting everything. Brian Q Miller, we talked to him in San Diego, so you'll be seeing <laughs> that next week, but...
2: He's infecting everything. <laughs>
1: Jesus, they're not kidding about Hollywood, huh? Oh, did
2: you, did you get the DKV?
1: I did get the BKV. It's, it's, you had a couple of lean years in Hollywood, if you know what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um...
1: <laughs> Big this is a really fitting ending to the series. Uh,
0: this was if you this was the confrontation between Stephanie and her father, and then when that ended, that was about half the book. Stephanie got infected with the um, the black uh, those those flowers from the Alan Moore story. What are they called the uh, you know the ones that, that made Superman hallucinate in the famous Superman story, Black Mercy, the Black Mercy flowers, and. She hallucinates a bunch of things, which are really cool. Like, she as a Green Lantern and all these kind of nice wrap-up little little things in her head. And then she has a nice conversation with Barbara. It was just a really nice way to end the series. If you've been reading this all the way through, you're probably really happy as I was with it. Cool. Um, and I, uh, last week, month, I talked about The Red Wig, number one, how I didn't really love it. But I really loved number two. Two was great. This is great. It's great.
2: This is one of my favorite comics
0: right now. I'm worried there's not enough story in four issues. Because yeah. we haven't really gone much, you know, in, in two. But I really liked The Father in the past. I wanted to see more of that. I
1: thought then, I
2: thought the end, the cliffhanger at the end was great. I thought. Yes, it was. Yeah,
1: so, yeah, so. I, I mean, like that it, it just it doesn't feel like any other comic book I have read or am reading.
2: Exactly, and it's all about that two-page title card.
1: Uh, so self-indulgent, it's so, it's self-indulgent. It's, so it's, self-indulgent. I love it's it. A lot of other things too, yeah. but you know, it's very, you know, like when when Hickman does a book that's not for Marvel, you know, it's a it's a thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, even if you don't like everything he's done, they've all they've all been very different, but but. Very uh, non-standard, and I really appreciate that.
2: This is a thing. So um, real quickly, uh, we're, we're in the last – I didn't realize until this week when I was reading the books when I noticed that the Flashpoint books are like the three of three, like the last issues. So I was like, oh, that was yep, a relief was a whole thing starting next month at DC? I know, no, but it went faster than I thought it would. I remember back in May, it was like, oh, we have to read all these books. But, Ron, um, Ron, they're rebooting DC. I know, I know. But speaking of rebooting DC, um, Frankenstein and the Creatures of the Unknown, uh, the third issue, wraps up. This is pretty much, had very little to do with Flashpoint, and pretty much is an origin for the f- Frankenstein number one that's going to come out in September. As far well, as I we'll, know. We'll
0: find out if, if it, that's actually the case. It probably. ends.
2: Uh, did you read it? Yeah, of course. It, yeah, I mean, it ends with Frankenstein joining Shade and becoming an agent of Shade. Isn't that what the number one issue is? We, yeah, what but we'll the f- title's called.
0: Yeah. We'll find out for sure, though, if, yeah. that, if they're keeping all the elements. Basically, most of these miniseries have been just side stories that have nothing to do with the main Flashpoint book. Only a few of them have actually even tied in or mentioned right. or dealt with that. Um, you know what the best part of this
1: issue was? Uh, the slow close-in to G.I. Robot's eye yeah. when it glowed.
2: Well, well, well what, the, the other book that actually did tie, tie in with Amazons and all that sort of stuff was Dead Man and the Flying Graysons, and this one ended with um, with Dick Grayson becoming Dr. Fate, and, but actually Dead Man, which I thought was odd. Like Dead Man, die, the, the guy who was dead, Boston Brandy, died and became Dead Man. But then it never really explained how or why he got the power, like why he came back as dead. But what I thought was interesting at the very, very last page of the, of the book, you got one of those. And I feel like every book ended in this kind of issue at some point where people going, no, we're the Resistance. Yep. And, um, and this group of Resistance uh, features uh, a, the question, but is he's a dude. So looks like uh, quite potentially when you're wondering what's going to stick around after Flashpoint, maybe they're going to bring back the question as Vic Sage. So.
0: possibly that's kind of the fun now we will we'll get to see what elements stay and what go from, exactly. from Flashpoint
2: yeah cool so those are the books that we enjoyed this week go to ifanboy.com comics and all the comics are listed that come out every week and you can go and you can do your pull list and come back and rate and review them and you can make your own pick of the week and we want to highlight what all the rest of you in the ifanboy community thought was the uh, top pick, picks of the week so the top five picks of the week according to you the ifanboy community and coming in number five was American Vampire Survival of the Fittest number three Yeah, sure. Uh, With 1.6% of you making it your pick of the week. Um, So good to see Sean Murphy getting some love, although not a lot. Um, Number four was the uh, the possibly spoiled Hellboy the Fury, number three, uh, which got 2.1% of the pick of the weeks. Uh, Number three, you people love your Transformers ongoing. Number 23, uh, (laughs) 5.2% made it your pick of the week. And those people who read Transformers, they really love it. This is true. Enough
1: of, there's enough of them to make a difference. Yeah, no, so and and this and, and
2: it's been consistent. I've heard nothing but good things about this book. So yeah, yeah, um, they're robots. So the the say, <laughs> yeah the say, saying goodbye to uh, DC books that you love continues. Uh, last week, Secret Six got some love. This week, number two, uh, the number two pick of the week, uh, according to you, was Batgirl number twenty four with nine point six percent. Um, and then the overwhelming number one pick, pick of the week at the time of recording. This might change when you hear it um, as numbers fluctuate and shuffle. But Detective Comics number 881 with 73.2% of the picks of
1: the week. I, li- I like it because it means that I don't, get, uh, I don't get angry letters when it's like yeah, that. Yeah, nice. Oh, there
2: you go. You go with popular opinion. I see how it
1: is. Oh, that's what I do now. Yeah. That's my thing.
2: So that's it. And so some of you uh, wrote some comic reviews. And Connor, why don't you lead us in with uh, Jaredan's review of uh, I really was hoping we just ignored this issue, but here we go. I know. I was kind of I, – when I didn't see it on the script, I'm like, oh, nice. We don't have to talk about it. <laughs> Jaredan reviewed Fear
0: Itself number five and gave the story a one out of five and the art of five out of five. And
2: you're, that, <laughs> but, That's but, right there. There's <laughs>
0: to listen to what – oh, I didn't read it actually. Four so. percent gave it uh, – you made it your pick of the week, which is really high for this book. Jared says so we have Cap's shield shattered done before by the Beyonder of course and most egregiously we have Spider-Man give up. Spider-Man asks for leave to go see his family. Yes that's Spider-Man. And Captain America agrees as he knows they have lost. Yes that Captain America. Both of these characters have faced certain death many times have never responded in this way. Both of them have absolutely been sure they're going to lose and sacrifice their lives and the process have never wavered. Now apparently they're really absolutely convinced they can't win before they were were apparently just mostly certain they they would lose so They give up utter bollocks. Showing no respect for the characters, no, sorry, showing no aspects of the new aspects of the characters in the face of new change, danger leads to an interesting story. Having characters do things that are completely against their nature in order to make a story interesting is cheap trickery.
1: This was, I didn't didn't buy it. I feel good. Yeah, and and now now that I read all these, I'm so happy because it would have made me angry.
0: The art wasn't even a five out of five. It was
1: the art wasn't a five out of five. It was
0: the best. It was, it was, you could tell they were on the the deadline gun with this one. Um, awful. I don't really want to say. Yeah, I don't really want to say anything more about it. I think
2: we've beat, yeah, beat to I death. Have. Let's move on to the next yeah. one. So uh, horror of sorts uh, reviewed Morning Glory's number eleven and gave the story a five out of five and the art a four out of five and nobody made it your pick of the week. Um, and horror of sorts says at first I was a little disappointed that the story wasn't dealing with the revelations and cliffhanger from number 10, but this issue still delivered. Nick Spencer is giving us a low, slow burn mystery of morning glories. A lot of aspects have been hinted yet not explored fully, but this issue uses the mysterious Abraham who has been popping up in a lot of the spotlight issues. And at the end of the issue, gives us a huge revelation as to who he really is. The writing on this book is fantastic. And Spencer really gives all of characters a unique voice. And all of that is true get to the point
0: yeah I feel like th- this is a very interesting character study but as a story I'm not sure it's holding together yeah I don't exactly. feel like there's any actual forward momentum in the narrative I don't know what it's about yeah. I don't yep. know the stakes I feel like the things that have happened to these kids don't affect them like yep. they, they're still walking around going to class like nobody's tried to kill them every third issue and like
2: like I, I don't know, wh- I don't know what the mystery is. Basically, I
0: like so. the character pieces. I think they're very interesting to go. These these people he's created. Yeah. F- uh, the, the story today was or this week was interesting, but as a whole, I don't, I don't know what's going yeah. on. Yeah, and we're eleven issues in. We're basically into the, the first year. We just don't really know what, what's what's happening.
1: Isn't like uh, doesn't he want it to go like hundred issues or something? jeez, oh, slow slow burn. Well, I mean, that's so, what he's going yeah. for.
2: Yeah, but but give me something to go with. You know issue I mean? thirty. Like, like, well, no, but the thing is, like everybody, everybody, you know, everybody compares this to Lost and Lost a lot. At least with Lost, you knew you knew something from the get go, from right on right on the fact people trapped on an island trying to get off. That's the premise. And then this, I don't know what the premise is. It's kids, in a, it's kids in a school. Okay, great. Now it's in the school and weird shit happened. And it was great. He gave us that little haunting, those phrases that popped up on the wall. There's been no reference to that. It's like a lot of good ideas and, and Connors, right, a lot of good character studies. And like I said, the art is great, but yeah, yeah. I don't know.
0: It's, it's tough. It's, I yeah. always consider this might be a trade book simply because month to month or however long it takes, there's been some delays that it's
2: hard because I don't, I don't know what that's yeah. going on. And th- that's the challenge is that it, like, I feel that it's good. I just want it to be great. You know? So anyway. Eight. So go to com slash comics. All the books are listed there. Do your picks of the week and your polls and your reviews and the things like that that
1: make you happy. Do your polls. Uh, Yes, email. Chris in Albuquerque wrote in and said, Jim has an article earlier this week about all-ages books and Marvel for kids as a tough sell, and it got me thinking about the whole all-ages comic thing. When I was a kid back in the late 80s, I used to buy my comics at a local drugstore off the spinner racks. Me too. Uh, Stuff like Amazing Spider-Man, Uncanny X-Men, Action and Detective Comics seemed like every title was okay for kids. Now there seems to be a clear product delineation between mainstream adult stuff and the kids stuff, aka all ages. And Even though they can appeal to adults, the stuff in all ages group seems to be targeted more towards a grade school level. The mainstream superhero books that I grew up with and still read today just don't seem to be that kid-friendly anymore. So what makes something in all ages books? Does, does it have to be done in that obvious kids' book style for it to be marketable to kids? Would you categorize any current mainstream superhero books as all ages? He's he's looking for for a, a definition of sorts. He's, yeah,
2: I mean, this is a, we've talked about this before. Is that is, is that unfortunately over the past couple of years the term all ages has morphed into kids books, yeah. and so like Tiny Titans is all ages, mm-hmm. and, but uh, Young Justice, uh, or yeah, or, or you know or, or th- things like or that, or, Marvel, you
0: know, Marvel you know, superheroes know. books, and the uh, Mighty yeah. Thor, Mighty The thing is, he's right in the in the eighties.
1: All comics were all ages. They were written that way. Yeah. Now, yeah. now they with the Marvel but even so, some of them – I mean there was like – there's the 86 line. There's the Frank Miller, you know, Watchmen, Dark Knight Returns switch really. But there was That's still – what it changed. Those books yeah. – but I'm, I'm thinking about – because he sounds like he's about the same age as me. And I, I was thinking about comics that I was reading in the late 80s when I was like 11. You know, there were adult themes in them, but they were never – explicit my first issue of uncanny
2: x-men was uncanny x-men 269 with rogue and ms marvel fighting in bikinis in the savage land by jim lee
1: yeah
2: right now now whether or not that was for kids or not i could see an argument if i had an 11 year old right now i'd be like you're not reading that look at all that skin you know what i mean like i could see that argument yeah i wouldn't but i feel like they still
1: weren't written at the like now they're written much more subtly they're written like 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 dramas that are on after 10.
2: Well, basically the thing is is that is that everybody that read comics in the 80s and early 90s were the only – like all the writers matured with us and kept on writing for us. Yep. Yes. So as we matured and got older, the stories matured and got older, and they kind of left the idea of being accessible to a 10-year-old behind. Um, and up until we woke up in like 2005
1: and realized, shit, sales are going down. We should do something. Uh, you know. It can work. Um, I think one of the other things is that I feel like we're – <sighs> I know we've been through this like back and forth as a cycle, but I feel like we're way more protective of kids now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's much more oh, hand holding and, oh, that's not appropriate and this and that. Where, whereas before, you know, as long as there wasn't, you know, like, you know, when, when, in the 80s, you know, the biggest cartoons were G.I. Joe and, and they, you know, they were Rambo toys. There shouldn't have been Rambo toys, and now
2: it's oh, well, no, a much but, more yeah, like padded. It's, it's, it's a different uh, sort of. It's a different time. Yes. I mean, I used to I used to get on my bike and I'd go ride all around town and come back at six o'clock for dinner. Now my my sister won't let my nieces ride bikes in their driveway. They have to like go to the park, you know, go to the parking lot in the school, where then someone's got to watch them the whole time. Like the idea of like I was in first grade running around unsupervised like crazy. And I don't know what happened in the past. And this is a bigger discussion Homos. now. But this, yeah. Hobos, exactly. But but to his question as to whether or not you know, um, you know, whether or not there are all ages books that can be enjoyed, you know enjoyed by both you know kids and adults. I mean like Bone is the great example. Mm-hmm. Like I think Bone is a true all ages book. It's yes, order. it's a little dark. It gets some violent that sort of thing. But I would have no
1: I would have no hesitation sitting down and reading it myself or sharing it with a successful. You wouldn't, but you would have a hard time getting a lot of adults to read it without the kid part. Unless they were predisposed to read comics. Possibly, yeah. Possibly. Uh, I, th- I think that w- one of the things that happened is, at a certain point, because you said all those kids grew up in the 80s, they're our age, they're the people who are working in the industry now. They've all got a chip on their shoulder that they want people to respect comic books. In order to do that, they made them more adult. Yeah. And I feel like, so that's what we have now. Uh, yeah. and, and, and obviously it left part of that behind. I don't, I don't know if there's a solution you know, but, but there's now there this, is, there is a solution
0: without blowing up the whole thing because all the people that want the adult books will not be reading books written for kids and adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because even you, I mean, even us, we all complain when things are written that way. They try, they try to be overly expository and say everyone's name on every page, and yeah, yeah that right. happens. We all complain. So yeah, the only way yeah. to go back to that is to blow up it up and and throw away the current audience because most of the people oh. reading comics wouldn't read those books.
2: I would like to note that I don't complain about that sort of writing. Of in fact, Josh, I, I actually it. don't mind the writing. Either. Yeah, exactly. After reading Justice League and, and the retroactive <laughs> books, I kind of miss that writing. Yeah. But <laughs> um, so, Josh, basically, he's the problem. Uh, <laughs> I, d- I don't think I am. You, well, you complain
0: about <laughs> that in the past. You don't like certain kind of throwback writing, which is a
1: lot of the, which represents a lot of the people reading comics. I, I admit yeah. that uh, that I you know I'm I'm a, a certain kind of audience for things, but I think that. You know, I also I buy a lot of like Vertigo books and book, I mean, I buy books that are for adults a lot of times. When when if you, like if you talk about people talk about like donating their comics to kids, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, I don't have a lot of comics I could give to kids. Like very much so, which is which is totally my taste, but it shouldn't all be that way. But I don't know who would buy them otherwise. So, mm.
2: all right, all right. Our next email comes from Nathan from Albuquerque, who says some would say that you, you you three could be categories as the DC guy, the Marvel guy, and the indie guy. Here we go again. Here we go again. Would you feel it's generally fair or even accurate? While it's apparent that none of you let a publisher's logo stop you from reading a good story, it's fairly obvious that while Ron gets giddy over the idea of Cable's X-Force having a reunion issue or, C- or Connor has a ba- and Connor has a back cowl stuffed under his mattress. I don't, but, but I wish no, I did. don't.
1: Wait for this. Uh,
2: Josh spends his weekends picketing the construction of the new Walmart with homemade signs covered in Elmer's and glitter. <laughs> <laughs> have you three always generally had these tastes, or have you grown into the positions out of necessity-, necessity to cover all the books of the site? Do you think your distinct tastes are part of the reason people enjoy your combined viewpoint?
0: Ron actually hates well, that, got, the, that, got, the, that ended strong. That Ron hates better. Marvel and the X Men, but we 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 cast him in the role. Yeah, exactly. So he has to actually play that on the show, and then yeah. when we turn the microphone off, he goes back to DC.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. He loves Doctor Fate. <laughs> the not oh, there's, I don't there's know. I mean, yes and no. I mean, it, I mean, I always I always laugh at the I always laugh at because it's it's and what's more accurate is Connor's the DC guy, I'm the Marvel guy, and Josh is the un. Unbucketable guy, no,
0: well, because
2: yeah. because I don't think Josh reads any more or less indie books no, than you or me I don't Connor, at all, no. and I've been into indie books way longer than Josh.
1: Well, you were reading comics longer than me.
2: True, right? But I'm, yeah, so, you know. But I, <laughs> that's that's not the issue.
0: But um, uh, we all, Josh is elapsed Marvel zombie.
1: Yes, a little. Yeah. I'm definitely lapsed. I can tell you that right now. Right, I've, thing, I've always like, like
0: you grew up in that. It's not like you grew up. Yeah. I mean, you you're a Marvel is, guy I, at heart. If Marvel was really good. You, when Marvel was really good, you get excited. I think when you go back in the old shows and listen to yeah. the to them.
1: What I am uh, is I like fringe mainstream stuff. I have a I, no. It's true. I have I have I have mainstream sensibilities. I I I really do. But I like the stuff that is sort of the lower the the sort of bleeding edge of that. Like furries? I, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't like stuff that's, um, you know, really abstract or, like, the super indie stuff, like, you know, conceptual or things but like choking. that, you know. Like, like Dash Saw. You don't like Dash Saw. Yeah. Like, like, you know, there's the, the funny thing is, like, there's a huge spectrum of what indie means. And I think we're really starting to like, – it's this point, anything that's not DC or Marvel's indie, you know, like yeah. – and that's not exactly true. It is um, true.
2: Well, it's true. But it, it's not true it,
1: the same time. How do you define yeah.
0: an indie? Someone who doesn't get paid to make comics? They only make off their sales, which oh, is. Oh yeah, what
1: no, it. I know that. But like, I saw a thing on Twitter today where they were like, "Try an indie or something like that." People were like Transformers from IDW. I was like, "That's not an independent comic book." People are getting paid to make it. It's Transformers yeah, license. Like, it, it have you know like our dark horse books indie? No, they're not. You know, some of them some of them are partially owned and there's a payment. Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. But. My point being, there's still there's a language of mainstream comics that is used, and m- most of the stuff that you're going to see from, say, Image or something like that, uh, you know, those are indie comics in that they're not getting paid for it on the front end, they're getting paid on the back end, they're creator-owned and stuff like that, but they're not terribly experimental. They're using the same mainstream language of comics that people are using in Marvel and DC books. But does, uh, it, same- does
0: an indie book have to be experimental?
1: No, but then there's another side of people who are like, into indie comics and they hate you know all mainstream comics. Well, yeah,
2: like 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 anything from Ad House or from Top Shelf or from you know yeah. I mean, like you 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 got all these you know Fanta, you got a drawn a quarterly, right. you've got these like indie comics, but, like cartoonists, and the, and this whole kind of other kind. You but know, those and, are established.
1: And, and, then under that, there's like a yeah. whole thing of people who go to SPX with mini comics that I don't even yep. I, don't, I don't even know anything about. Which, I which, are, which are, some of them are great, and some. But I mean, that there, to, there, to and me is such a huge know. sea of of I wouldn't even know where to start. Like that's indie to me, you know, so, you know, it's in that regard, you're not the indie guy. I mean, it's just it's relative is what I'm saying. You know, like it's like you can like popular music, but it maybe is not the stuff that's at the top, you know, the top 10. Maybe it's in the 20 to 30. You know, that's
2: to get it back to now To get it back to his question, though, we do lean on our sensibilities in that if there's something Batman going on, I'm going to turn to Connor and be like, Connor, can you do this? If there's something X Men gonna go on, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna be more inclined to talk about it because I'm a fan. But that said, it's difficult to bucket us because if you look at my comic collection, it's filled with Marvel, DC, Image, Dark Horse, every publisher out there. You know what I mean? I just you know, I spent spent the weekend reading All Star Superman and and you know, I love Image and I love you know, like so while I started on X Men and Connor started on D C, it's
1: that that doesn't define us. So yep. Yeah. I mean I, I think I think that we have genre tastes also. You know, like it's yeah, just like totally. everybody likes well, yeah, you got, kinds you, of things. You, I like stuff that's more reality. You know, the 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 Denny O'Neill school of, of comics. I would say, right. you know, that's sort of my well, no.
2: But but I mean, and it's safe to say that you know, you guys like your westerns, while you know, I tend to lean a little more towards you know, uh, uh, you know, I don't even know what I lean towards. I I, I mean, know it when I years. see it, but
1: I couldn't explain it. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll read a thing, I'll be like, Ron's gonna love that. Like you like, <laughs> like if something's got any sort of hipster, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but no, like yeah. like. Cool people doing stuff at night that has to do with music, <laughs> and they're and they're they're like teens or like in their early 20s. like. Well, yeah, it. that's
2: one thing. Right. But that's I also one. really like science. I like science fiction a lot. So yeah, so G- give me spaceships and rockets. Yeah. I re- I'll read
1: you know, that in a second. Connor, you, you know, Connor does love Batman stuff. There's no denying it. But yeah, you know, I like Batman yeah. a lot too. You know, yeah. you no, know, I I definitely do. you know, after. You know, I, I probably, have, I was saying, you know, Detective Comics has, you know, been sort of a mainstay for me for a really long time. But, you know, Connor, you also like, I'm trying to think of what, I know there's.
2: like you, Crime, I mean, the yeah, scalp. You the also have like a sort
1: of a, a retro comic book taste a little bit. Oh,
2: yeah, I love I, Golden
0: Age, Silver Age comics. Yeah,
2: yeah. More, but, more, but I, then I also, mean, but then also, we all love we all love historical fiction. And we all have just as many or,
0: indie books as any, any of any of the rest of us yeah. have. I have. I'm yeah. excited. Petrograd arrived yesterday. I could be more excited to read it. I mean, this is
2: or like or, or for example, like unfortunately, because we we need to talk about what people are interested in. You don't get to hear us geek out about the new Rick Erie book. Yeah,
0: you know I mean. Did. Which by the way, which, still-
2: which by the way, oh. Sacco and Vanzetti. It's awesome. It's great. The <laughs> thing is, the
0: so- ourselves. That's the book we'll talk about. Yeah. I'm not going to talk – I do not we'll talk about DC Marvel stuff with Ron. Normally I'll talk about Rick Erie or, or you know anything like that. Well, we, yeah. we will. We
2: have. But, but not usually, as much. Anyway, yeah. Not as much. Don't pigeonhole me or you or us. Anyway. Uh, so if you have any questions, email us at contact.ifanboy.com. I've uh, got a couple quick voicemails. First one's got a question that's been on his mind.
0: My name's uh, Robert out of Charlotte. And uh, I was wondering, uh, I'm reading the new Moon Knight book by Bendis. And I'm loving it. And uh, I got a friend of mine who's a Deadpool fan, and we were wondering, who do you think is crazier, Moon Knight or Deadpool? All right, see ya.
2: Well, I don't know crap about De- Deadpool, so. Well, I mean, I mean, dead. I, I want to say Moon Knight's crazier because he can function in society, <laughs> where Daredevil, uh, not Daredevil, da- Deadpool. I feel like Deadpool's crazy as a shtick. Yeah. Like, the whole thing about Deadpool is that he, he's got a motor mouth. this is whatever he thinks, and that he's also got voices in his head telling him what to do. But I feel like that's a shtick. I feel like it's, he's like, look at me, I'm crazy, where Moon Knight is crazy. That's right? Me. I'm, I know Deadpool fans are going to get pissed off at me. But well, it's, it's, it's the thing. whole, the adage <laughs> <You're> not crazy.
1: You're talking about him like as a real person and he's a poser.
2: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> he's not real. I don't know, oh. he's just putting it on. He's No, he's not real. Um, yeah. I see what you're saying. I don't know. I, I moon thought moon. about this, and I really – I'm leaning towards Moon Knight. You, you've, you've been thinking about it for hours? About uh, 40 minutes. I've
2: been, I, <laughs> I really thought about this. I just – I, you I know, think I, sat it, down I, and I All know. through dinner,
0: he was distracted. His
1: wife like, what's going on with you? Nothing. <laughs> what did you think, Josh? I, I'm going with Moon Knight. I feel like yeah. he's got – like because he – okay, here's why. Moon Knight is in denial about it. Yeah, yeah. Moon Knight. And he's functional in society. Yeah, but barely. And he's trying to fight it. Whereas Deadpool's just like, yeah, I'm going to go with it. This yeah, works it's for me. And everybody accepts it, so it's sort of there, and he's functional, and it's going. But Moon Knight yep. keeps trying to be like, no, no, I'm going to be normal. I'm fine. You, dude, you're not. And acceptance is key. Yep. That's your answer.
2: All right. On to our next vo. Our last voicemail has got a topic that's near and dear to our heart.
1: Hey, this is Brian from uh, Los Angeles. Uh just wanted to know. Um, I've listened to your uh, podcast for quite some time now, and you know, there's, there's obviously a lot of love for G.I. Joe. wonder if you guys are going to do a dedicated video show on everything G.I. Joe-related, not just the movie. Um, you know, just get it out of your system. Oh, am I kidding? You're not going to get it out of your system. All right, love the show. Hope to hear from you guys soon. Bye-bye.
2: You know, we really do like G.I. Joe. Maybe we should do
1: this. We did, dude. We did it already. Oh, oh shit, we did? When? Episode number 29. Way, way back
0: when we were not.
1: Yeah. We were not good at it. Yeah. It
0: was
2: 2007. Oh, God. Jesus. Wow. That's a long time ago. Yeah. So there you go. So go look it up. Maybe we'll do another one in the future. Who knows? We we sang in that show.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I (laughs) don't have to tell you the production value was up there completely, but it was a fun episode. It had to be. We talked about G.I. Joe the whole time. Although a lot's happened since then. We should do another G.I. Joe show.
0: Yeah. Let's do another one. Yeah. It's only 20 minutes,
1: too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. So call
2: the voicemail line at one eight 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 fanboys. It's 1-888-326-2697. and take a lesson from Robert and Brian. They kept it short and sweet
1: and told us who they were. So that's good. So do that. Did it good. Uh, there's the don't miss podcast, which is uh, so we're gonna. It's on a. It's on, I think it's on a vaguely mini hype. Little s- summer vacation. Yeah, we'll call right. it that. It's uh, yeah. the con, man. The con with good reason, though, and other things. Yeah, that's yeah, that. So. Yeah, we're gonna talk about the other things. Actually, this is really where the energy's going right now. So.
0: In, in excuses? Exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but uh, one could say the excuse for no, don't miss um, has been the fact that launching this Sunday when you get this ta- – if you download the podcast on Sunday, this evening, if you go to ifanboy.com or if you discover it the next day on Monday, ifanboy.com is going to look a little different. Uh, We have finally gotten around to redesigning the site, (laughs) which is long overdue. This has been in the works for a long time, um, and we really hope that everybody likes the new look of the site. We think that it's really clean. We cleaned up a lot of things, um, and it's uh, a a good evolution of the site. Everything that you know and love, well, most of the stuff you know and love is still there (laughs) Um, in terms of we're going to have all the podcasts and all the um, articles and and columns, all that great stuff, pick of the week, book of the month, all going to be there, comic section Do your pull list Do your reviews Um, Your profiles are all there Um, A couple things um, Are Are In Are still in progress Like for example um, uh, We're working at the Kinks To get the store back online So if you want to Sign up for a membership Save your money for about a couple of weeks, and then the store will come back on, and you can do that, Um, as well as the mobile version of the site. We haven't quite finished that up yet, so that's going to be coming as well. Um, But this is the first step in making a lot of changes to the back end. You might have noticed that uh, the site's gone down a couple of times over the past couple of months. (laughs) Uh, That's because you all have been knocking the the servers over, which is great. Uh, So we've beefed up the servers, so we shouldn't go down um, as much, if at all, moving forward. So um, I don't know. I'm super excited about it. I hope, listen, you know, Josh listen, listen, guys,
1: none of you have ever had to use the image editor. And what I'm telling you is that we're going to be happy people because of it, and the content will reflect that. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh. Ugh. Well, not Jim.
2: No. Well, he'll find yeah. something he doesn't
1: like. But, uh, yeah. Hey, how about no more weird comment-paste uh, formatting? maybe that oh
2: yeah exactly and, like and we we're all, we've added we've added little bits here and there like you can reply to a comment in the comments yeah. like a threaded so you can respond to a comment which is pretty cool yeah buzzable um, so, yeah we have buzzables <laughs> so um, so yeah so go to ifanboy.com if you if you listen to the podcast you don't go to the website please go and check it out it's a great new place uh, to, to have fun with comics so
1: definitely go check it out and where can you find there Josh you can go to ifanboy.com to read uh, my pick of the week review, for example, or my book of the month review. I have a lot of reviews up right now. Uh and all the discussion about the stuff that's been going on, uh the what color your superheroes are and whether you're okay with that, that kind of thing. Uh but also, you know, we've throwing up some good art, some teasers, things like that, all sorts of really good content. We try very hard to make sure there's interesting things up uh frequently and often. Uh you can go to ifamba.com for that and ifamba.com slash about you can see Who we are and all the social networking links And other ways that you can get in touch with us And then of course you can also watch the video show Last week was San Diego Comic Con Part 2 And then this week we will be concluding with Well Part 3, it comes after that Which is another group of people A bunch of them who have never been on the show before Uh, You know, it's always great to talk to Enthusiastic creators about about The stuff they're doing, uh, sort of surrounded by That atmosphere of San Diego So a little bit more coming up, it's a longer show Actually, it's it's, uh, another big one So we'll wrap it up strong
0: you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com or leave us a voicemail at 888 fanboy three two six two six nine seven. Any questions, comments, concerns, discussion topics, we take them all. We take everything. Yeah.
2: And if you like what you hear, go to iTunes, leave a review. It helps people who are checking out the podcast recommend it and help spread the word. And also help spread the word. Tell your friends, tell your comic book store. If you know people who like comics, tell them to check out iFanboy. It's all fun. Um, and it can all be found at iFanboy.com. We do it for you.
0: I think everyone who listens so. to the show should go on Monday and make their pull list. With the new site. Check it out. Check out the new site. I know everyone who listens to the show doesn't go make their pull list on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever you want to make your pull list. But go on Monday. Everyone who listens, let's just see. Let's just check out the new site. Let's just see what everyone's buying. Let's check out the the fan base's buying habits. Yeah, And and then after that,
1: and this is really important, you want to go get your BKV vaccines (laughs) because you don't want to mess around with that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> all right. So we hope you enjoy the new site. We'd love to hear what you think of it. Um, and please go to ifambo.com Tell everybody what you think of it. Tell and spread the word. Tell people check out this great website. It got a new a new coat of paint and, and spread the word that way. Go so. kick the tires. Yeah, exactly.
1: Not too hard. All
2: right, cool. Not too. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, pretty hard. I'd like to see the tires get kicked pretty hard. I'm, we, we're, we're robust on the server side now, so uh,
1: right, don't so. don't. They're just gonna be like, all right, let's see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please and no we DD won't analysis, know how to fix it please. now yet. That soon. <laughs> It'll be an all-new thing. Before, we're like, oh, it's doing this again. Yeah.
2: <laughs> all right, so until next time, I'm Ron.
1: I'm Connor. I am Josh. Thank you for listening.